game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. And happy to see you after it. It goes to Kane, left wing side, centers it. Oh, what a save by Skinner! And he covers it up with 13 seconds to go in the third. Another wild night in Chicago for the Edmonton Oilers. It does once again result in a win, just like it did a little over a month ago. 5-4 the final tonight in a game that, quite frankly, was dominated by the Oilers for the most part, but Chicago just would not go away, and they made it very interesting at the end. That would have tied it up. Taylor Radish with about 15 seconds left, but Stuart Skinner makes his save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. So they played October 27th. It was 6-5 for the Oilers. Dreisaitl scored the game winner in the final minute. Tonight it's 5-4, 2-1 after 2. And then it went nuts in the third. Dreisaitl's goal with 4.39 left that made it 5-3 at the time will wind up being the game winner this evening. So the Oilers have won three straight. They improved to 13-10 and 10 on the year. Darnell Nurse plays his 500th career game. Uh, got what for a lot of players would be two games worth of ice time. <laughs> he played 29-09. He's plus four with six shots on goal and an assist, couple of hits and three blocked shots. Darnell is our fourth star of the game for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. Well, they won. They should have won. <laughs> I mean, they, they were the better team. How did Chicago stay alive, though, keep it so close? Well, I think when the Oilers went up 4-1, uh, they thought the game was over. They had dominated at that point. 4-1 uh, probably should have been 7-1. Uh, it was 4-1, and that didn't include seven posts that the Oilers had had up to that point in the game. So it was a game that they were all over Chicago, and then Chicago just got one little break. Uh, on a power play where Domi walks in, he scores. And then the next shift out there, there's just that little shred of, of belief on the, the Blackhawks bench. You see, we just scored we're within two. Let's just have a push. And the Oilers, again, a little sloppy in their own zone. And now it's 4-3. But two things happened in the third period. The Oilers took some penalties. Domi scored on a power play uh, to get life into their bench. And then RNH took a, a four-minute penalty that was... Pretty easy to call as he hooked the guy across his face. And uh, to me, I think at that point, the Blackhawks coaching staff messed up as they didn't pull their goalie until there was only 40 seconds left in the four-minute power play. And then they scored on a six-on-four. That goalie should have been pulled a lot earlier when you're down two. So it was a, a game that uh, the Oilers won. They should have won. They should have won bigger but some careless defensive play. And it's funny, in a game that, uh, that they had in the bag, it took uh, a fantastic save with 13 seconds to preserve the win. As Patrick Kane, the, the player on the Blackhawks, you don't want to ever see have the puck on his stick if you're an Oilers fan. From behind the net, he set up Taylor Radish for a wide open backdoor open net. And Radish kind of put it back into Skinner as Skinner was leaning the wrong way, that should have been a goal. That should have tied the game up. The Oilers get a big save by Skinner and escape 
and seriously escape yeah. with it with two points because <laughs> it, it got a little dicey there at the end of the game. Yeah, but they do win. Uh, they did outshoot Chicago 41-25, and they were up 4-1. So yep. we can say it should have been they should have won by more perhaps but mm -hmm. still uh, you know you're up 4-1 with 10 minutes left you you are in a good position so they they did just enough to get the victory and turn on the Japanese village goal light on 630ched.com go there right now print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese village edmonton's favorite japanese steakhouse reserve your party today at jvedmonton.ca edmonton 5 chicago 4 is the final here's Oilers head coach jay woodcroft in Chicago. Points, and that was our goal heading into the game was to um, have total commitment to uh, to get the result, and we got a result tonight. It's always wild, it seems, when you guys play Chicago inside this building. Last time it was 6-5, and, uh, and now it's this. I mean, just kind of shake your head and enjoy it, or you get a lot of film to go through? Well, no, I think we were up 4-1, and, um, you know, there were a couple penalty calls uh, made, and um, they made it interesting, but we found a way to get the win. Okay, what do you take away from this game as one of the bigger positives? I did notice that, you know, the passing looked pretty crisp tonight from your team, but what do you kind of take away as the big one from this one? What do I take away? We, we got the two points, and so we're ready to move on. It's 11.45 at night right now, and we're, we're going to get on a plane and go to Minnesota and prepare for a real good Minnesota wild team. That's good. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, not much from Jay Woodcroft today. He wants to get on the plane, and I got the sense he didn't want to pick this one apart too much with another game coming up. Didn't want to criticize a victory, no. Yeah. Just a, a wild night. I mean, it was scoreless after the first period. And like I said, 2-1 after 2, and it ends up 5-4. Uh, Zach Hyman had a goal disallowed in the first period. Three goals disallowed in the month of November. So as much as he still put up points and contributes, <laughs> he, he's probably happy to see November go. November 8th at Tampa Bay kicked in. Monday, home to Florida kicked in. And tonight, goalie interference. He's just, yeah, it, it, this is a game that... <laughs> If if he re if he watched the replays uh, or if he goes back into the video room and says okay, I honestly could have had five goals tonight. I don't think anyone <laughs> would argue with him. Uh, he was he had an outstanding hockey game, and he had more grade A scoring chances than pick any player on the Oilers outside of their top four has had in the last month. He's had he had more tonight than most guys have in a month. Uh, some unbelievable saves by by the goalie Soderbaum and two posts, uh, disallowed goal. It, the Oilers struggled five on five a little bit for for a while there, and they weren't playing to the best of their capabilities. And uh, Jay Woodcroft decided he'd seen enough in a few games, and then has started the last couple games with Hyman playing with uh, Leon and Connor, and it has sparked them and it sparked their team, is they are dominant, like dominant when they're on the ice. Uh, I think Leon had three points tonight. Yep. So he, he could have had six. Connor could have had five or six. Every time they stepped out on the ice, the puck was in the offensive zone. And as great as Connor and Leon are, Hyman just gives them that extra. And he just uh, keeps plays alive. He does the dirty work. He energizes them. And they looked like a different line 
than they did the previous few games. And it, I believe it's it's the fact that Hyman makes other players better. And you're making the two best players in the league, you're making them better, that's pretty good. Oilers take it 5-4. If you want to give us a call, feel free to do so. Hope you're uh, warm and safe tonight, by the way. The hotline for CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. 780-496-0063. So Dreisaitl has two goals and an assist. Yanmark has a goal and an assist. His first goal with the Oilers. McDavid a goal and an assist. How about this stat line for Nugent Hopkins? <laughs> one goal, one assist, plus one, eight penalty minutes, and five shots on goal. And he only played 1422. It's because he's in the penalty box. In the penalty box uh, <laughs> so often. Yeah, it was four minor. Well, well, it's funny. He, t he had the four minute penalty. Four minute penalty. But he also. Minor. Had the other two penalties he had were almost a four-minute penalty because he had a penalty, came out of the box, got a penalty before he got to the bench, and went back to the penalty box. Uh, I don't know what does Nuich have for penalty minutes on the season coming into this. So he had 10 on the season, and he almost doubled almost it in doubled one it. game in Chicago. He was all over the place. I, I, I don't know what he was doing on the last penalty, the four-minute, because he actually hooked the guy in the face. Yeah. So I don't know if he was mad at him, if it was an accident. Uh, he must have cut him open. I mean, do you think he was trying to probably hook the elbow and hold him up a bit? I, well, I don't I'm, know, but the stick was so high. <laughs> it, like, it was literally across the guy's teeth. Yeah. And it was an easy call for, for the line, or for the referee or lines or whoever called it. There, there had to have been blood. Um, but it made for uh, an exciting finish. This game turned out to be a lot more exciting for a fan than it probably needed to be for the Edmonton Oilers team. Yes, I think that's a good way, <laughs> good way to put it. By the way, Nadja wins tonight the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. She took the over on set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. So I set it at two and a half for goals by the Oilers in the third period, and it was indeed over. They got three in the third, and not even an empty netter. And they needed all three. And they needed all three in the end. <laughs> we weren't sure if they would. But uh, that's, yeah, this is, uh, I mean, these, these two games against the Blackhawks are two of the craziest games this year. I mean, I know the, the game against the Rangers, well, okay, it's exciting and it's unexpected, but just for pure what's going to happen next, because that other game was the one with all the penalties. And well, they are, the Blackhawks had 10 power plays. In the, the game. Yeah. You know, Kane got the goalie interference, then he gets the penalty for mouth and off, and then Dreisaitl scores in the last minute. And and this one, I guess it didn't feel that way until the third period, but it got a, a little bit just like, what is going on? But, but it, it's funny. It, it, this was a mismatch throughout the night, but it was still only 2-1 after 40 minutes. And then it finishes as a one-goal game. The, on paper, it wasn't even close, the two lineups. In the game, it wasn't even close the way the teams played each other. Yet somehow, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks were badly outplayed, scored three goals in the last, what, six minutes of the game, seven minutes of the game, and then missed their fourth goal, which was a backdoor open net with 13 seconds. So they they could have had four goals in the last seven minutes of this yeah, hockey game. Yeah, 7.23, and a minute 11 left were their three goals. But uh, <laughs> it's not enough as the Oilers win it 5-4 and uh, improved to 13-10. and 10. They have won three in a row in the Hawks. But, I mean, I guess it's the old theme. The, the bad teams find a way to lose. And good teams and, find and a good, way to win. Good yeah. teams win. And the, the Hawks are now 0-7-1 in their last eight. And I mean, if if we're doing the Hawks post game show, we're saying, well, great rally, but you can't start when you're down four one. 
right? So that's well, still having part of said the story. that, Blackhawks radio right now are saying, well, we're not a good enough team to win these games, anyways, and they're not. The uh, this is a team that is going to be in the sweepstakes for the top pick overall. Connor Bedard. Yep. Uh, they know that. They've gotten rid of a number of really good hockey players in the past few months. Uh, they're rebuilding. They've come out and said, and it's funny, and we've talked about it before, not that we're going to talk a whole lot about Chicago, but this is a team that's rebuilding not on young players. They're rebuilding with players that are not even drafted by their team yet because right now they're just looking for draft picks. They got rid of a 20, what is it, Doc, 21 years old. They got rid of yeah. a really good 21-year-old. So this, this rebuild is five years away from this team being a really good competitive team so uh, it was not a game this was not a game that they should win and at the end of the night despite a valiant effort uh, they were not the better hockey club and they probably got the just result all right so it is a win for the Oilers 5-4 was it who was it Mooner or Bob that said there or I can't remember if it was Jack or Louie on TV now but the Oilers aren't capable of playing games that aren't tight. <laughs> well, I mean, I, they have had, they've been blown out a couple times, obviously. Uh, they got beat bad by uh, Dallas. Was it Carolina on that road trip? Yes. And, I mean, they, beat, they, they were in control against Pittsburgh and Nashville. What was one game 7-4 and was it 6-2 over Pittsburgh, something like that. But, yeah, a lot of the games, win or lose, well, okay, the Islanders beat them 3-0, but they had 50 shots, so you're yep. still watching to the end just in case. They just uh, The entertainment yeah. value of the Edmonton Oilers is through the roof. It really is. They The excitement level because of their grade-A scoring ability and their ability to, be, ability to make big mistakes at the wrong moment. Yeah. So tonight they outscored their mistakes. But again, this is a game that they were by far the better team. They, it was a one goal Well, they game. were. I mean, yep. yeah, as much as we say we, you wish you would have not made it that tense in the end. No, but the only... They you, did outplay Chicago, oh, and, and they, at times it wasn't close. No, well, especially when their best players are on the ice. The problem for the Oilers here is they're playing back-to-back -back games, and tomorrow's game is a tough opponent. Minnesota always plays the Oilers tough, and Darnell Nurse, 29 minutes. Connor, 26. Leon, 26. Uh, Connor got... Yeah, so... The final, they bumped Nurse up. Originally, they had 28 something. Yeah. It's now 29.09. McDavid's 27.06. Drysettle's 26.13. Hyman's 24.34. CC played 25.50. So those are those minutes are about seven minutes more than they want them to play, but because they allowed Chicago to hang around, they played more well, than they needed. Well, because they have some AHL guys who like Benson played 6.11. Hamlin played 755. Had they had the game stayed at 4-1 throughout the entire third period, <laughs> and Chicago didn't have a little, then the last five minutes they wouldn't have put their best players on the ice. So oh yeah, those yeah. guys would have got, you know, yeah. Hamlin would have probably got two and a half minutes in the final five. Yeah, he absolutely. was out there late in the game though for a bit, killing the penalty. Yeah, he was. You got a shift there. Well, I mean, one of the problems for the others is one of their top penalty killers was in the box for eight minutes tonight, <laughs> oh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That's, that's so that makes it a little harder. Okay, who am I going to put out there now? All our players are injured, and Nugent is sitting in the sin bin again. All right, uh, we're going to get to a quick timeout here. You're going to hear from Matthias Yanmark. I know we got a couple people on hold. Please stay there at 780-496-0063. We'll take a quick break. Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. 
Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Caves wins the draw. Caleb Jones, left wing point. He gets run into by Bully Harvey, who just steamrolled him, and the puck cleared out. Nugent Hopkins, Payan Mark scores! Matthias Janmark gets the pass from Nugent Hopkins on the two-on-one. Okay, so uh, Pugliarvi with the hit, setting up the goal. That's the crunch of the game for Cougar Paint Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. Janmark's goal made it 4-1 with exactly 10 minutes left in the third period. I wonder how many Oilers fans might have started getting ready for bed then. Uh, the Oilers do win 5-4 over Chicago for their third consecutive victory. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown with you. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. 780-496-0063. We have Sir Robert on the line. Sir Robert, go ahead. Uh, hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Well, I mean, I got to say, I was probably I was probably one of the fans thinking about getting ready for bed when they were up 4-1, but I mean... You know, I think, uh, I just think, uh, I, I, to me, it just, uh, it looked like in the last seven minutes, just they looked, they looked sloppy. They looked like they were, I don't know, looked like they were kind of maybe just making hope plays the last seven minutes as opposed to what they were doing the rest of the game. I think, I mean, I, mean, I, I think, I think the only reason they maybe got away with that is because it was a team like Chicago. You play it. You got to you got to lead, and you're playing a, you're playing a Tampa, a Colorado. You're playing, you know, like you're playing a team like that, and you start playing that way with a lead. You don't. I mean, the Oilers probably don't necessarily hold on to win. So it's nice that they got the win, and obviously, McDavid that that rush. I mean, there's really nothing to say. That was that was absolutely unreal. Skinner was. I thought Skinner was good. I thought I don't think the goals are really necessarily on him. Just anyway, but yeah, no. And obviously tomorrow they're gonna. I think they're gonna have to be way better in certain areas if you're gonna beat a team like Minnesota because I believe Minnesota has, I guess, I guess more players that can, that can and probably will bury those chances. So I guess yeah. we'll, I'm, so I guess we'll just have to see. But anyway. I'll leave it there. Thanks, okay. guys. Thanks, guys. Well, the, I mean, Minnesota is, uh, they can fly. Yeah, and they're a much better the, This isn't club. the Minnesota from 12 years ago nope. where, where they wanted the game in, in the muck for the entire time. But and, and they have one of the most exciting players in the National Hockey League. Yeah. Kaprizov. He, he's, yeah, he's, he's a fantastic great. young hockey player. Yeah. I mean, the, so the Chicago comeback, like, so Domi scores on the power play. And then Entwistle scored 19 seconds later. So yeah. that was the real big one. And then... You know, Drysaddle did make it 5-3, and then killing the penalty, the Oilers won the draw, and CC <laughs> cut across the front of his own net. Mm -hmm. but, but it actually seemed like it was going to be the right play, that he was going to fire it down the ice, and then he, Patrick he kind Kane of, got it. Yeah, he kind of lost control of the puck, because he, he's being pestered, as, as Kane was pestering him going across, and the puck just got out of his reach. But at that point, too, the Oilers didn't fall back in front of the net. They were thinking he was going to get out, and they were kind of going a little more offensive because when Patrick Kane threw the puck back door, uh, there was no Oilers in front of the net. He was, uh, Domi was standing by himself. So uh, a lot of, put a lot of pressure on your, your penalty killers when you take a four-minute penalty late in a hockey game. Uh, again, I, to me, I think there was a huge mistake made by the Chicago Blackhawks 
coaching staff not pulling the goalie earlier uh, and then the others but when the others they have the 4-1 lead makes it 4-3 when the others scored to make it 5-3 again you felt all right everything yeah, is over. safe it's over again Leon <laughs> and Connor just made made them pay for a mistake uh, but the one thing that we've seen this year both for and against no game is ever over when the Oilers are involved they could be down three they can find a way to win it. They could be up three. They can find a way to allow the opposition to stay around. Well, and again, I do think we're going to see more of that around the yep. NHL. Well, tonight, tonight exactly. Buffalo and Detroit were playing. Buffalo had a 4-1 lead going into the third period. Detroit tied it up, took it into overtime. It's just the way the game is played nowadays. You can't shut things down anymore because you can't clutch and grab. There's Everybody is allowed free wheel through the middle of the, the neutral zone. Offense is, uh, is what sells, and the NHL's made it perfectly clear that they want the star players to have uh, to be able to show their abilities and it's more fun to watch so yeah there's going to be a lot more games throughout this season and it's fun because it keeps everyone on the edge of the seats the game is never over and the Oilers are certainly the poster child of that. <laughs> the Sabres would win that game 5-4 in a shootout. Leafs over the Sharks 3-1. 18-game uh, point streak for Marner. So that ties Sittler and Olchuk. Eddie Olchuk, yeah. Leafs uh, franchise history. Rangers beat the Senators 3-1. The Oil Kings have uh, lost to the Saskatoon Blades tonight. 5-1 is the final in the American Hockey League. The Bakersfield Condors wind up losing 4-3 in Abbotsford. The scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Oilers beat the Hawks 5-4. Matthias Sjandmark with his first goal as a member of the Oilers. Here he is. Yeah, I thought we were in control for most of the game. <laughs> Obviously got that cushion towards the end and then kind of took a few penalties. They get a chance to score, get that one goal, and then we cut out the shift after and gave another one up, and then you can feel the crowd is kind of getting into it, and they're close, and then obviously we get another one that was huge, and yeah, you don't want to give up those goals, but also we found a way to, to win anyway, so that's good. What was the feel like on the bench, uh, you know, when the Blackhawks scored those two goals in 19 seconds, maybe what was said, and maybe just how you guys responded? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, you felt the crowd come, come alive, uh, and then we went out and scored an, uh, another one, which is hard to do is it's huge and then they came back got another one and then they got a four minute uh, power play there that we managed to kill off so we got some good saves down the stretch there and yeah good good win oh nice for you in this building to do that yeah for sure uh, I mean I had a good time here uh, and then always nice to score against an old team like that for sure it seemed like the passes were on for everyone on the team today maybe just a thought about how you guys were able to kind of find each other in the in the right way and connect some of those passes, especially on the two-on-one. Yeah, I mean, if you look at those other three guys, it's uh, probably going to be like that every time you you give them a chance. Uh, but yeah, like, you always want to, we've talked about it too, you always want to convert on those two-on-ones. You don't get too many, and goals are hard to come by in this league, so you got to try to convert, and we did a good job today. Three wins in a row, how do you kind of sum up the, the vibe, the, the feel in this locker room and now getting some momentum going? Yeah, for sure. It's been some wins that was hard to come by. Uh, but yeah, it's huge to get on that run. I mean, we're not satisfied with our record, so just got to keep building and, and we can't be satisfied with the three wins in a row and the record we have. We just got to keep moving forward here and, and get more wins. All right, Matthias Janmark after the Oilers beat the Blackhawks 5-4. We'll go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Tony standing by. 
Tony, you're on with Robin Reed. Hey, boys. How's it going? Good. Um, I have a question for you guys. Um, the one – well, I like the fact that we won. It's nice. I wish we could just do something about the Chicago Blackhawks. I hate that we have these close games. I well, really seriously, why? Why? It, that because, was way more because, exciting. That was way more exciting because, than a 7-1 victory. Because, honestly, when it comes to me, right – there are two guys on the t on the Chicago Blackhawks that I would just have to put right in their face and say, "Ha ha, go away." And one of them is Patrick Kane because he's been a thorn in our butt for years. Yeah, but he's one of the greatest players that ever played the game. I love watching him play. And the and the playoff series that we got swept by him doesn't really help much either. No, but that was on um, the Oilers. The Oilers, they didn't play the Oilers won a game. They weren't swept. So I know you guys have been talking about Dylan Holloway. Love the kid. I think he has a bright future. When do you guys see him going down to the minors? Because there are well, a few times... They're not going to send him. They have ball. all these guys injured too many, right now. Too many injuries now. There's, they got four oh, or five okay. guys out of the lineup. He ain't going anywhere. If they were healthier, it may have already happened. But Possibly. now Fogel, like McLeod, Kane. You know, Yamamoto's not coming. Well, Kane's out a long yeah. time. I mean, Yamamoto, you'd be... You never know. Could, could play tomorrow. Might not play for another two months. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. I think Holloway's working pretty hard, Tony. Yeah. I agree. I, I, he's played the times that he's been out there. He's he's looked fine. So, I don't see any. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, Holloway played 9:22 tonight. Credited with two hits. Didn't have any other stats. And actually, well, he played more than a few other players too. He played more than Benson. Probably played more than more Hamlin. Than Hamlin and more than Shore. To be close. Yeah, 10 seconds. Oh, no, pardon me. Short played 745, so yes. So, so yeah, so he played more than the entire fourth line. Or is he on the fourth line? I don't well, even was, know what lines yeah, they I are now. I think he would have been, that would have been their third line today. Holloway, Malone, and Hamlin. Because I think Benson, Shore, and Ryan was kind of the fourth line. Although Ryan got well, some ice time because Ryan was killing penalties and he was on the power play unit yeah, tonight. Yeah, Ryan played 13-12, 4.26 of that was shorthanded, so a third of his <laughs> ice time was shorthanded because he was out late in the game too. He had a breakaway. He had a shorthanded breakaway. Well, another, and again, the, the goaltender for the Chicago Blackhawks gives up five, and there was a number so of great Bloom. saves. So I know I keep every time I have a so, different so name for him every time I that's say okay. it. So, <laughs> so it became, he, he's become the Chicago Blackhawk goaltender to me. Yes, that's fine. Oilers win it 5-4. Uh, I have uh, someone who is a big Oilers fan. It's my mom. Is she on the line right now? She wants games to be like 15-0. Oh. <laughs> she would have been very tense in the third period tonight. Yeah, but the excitement level is much higher. You know, I've, been, I've just seen so many hockey games. I, I like the close ones. Keep your attention. And tonight... Yeah, I've always just like, I don't know, I have no control over what happens. Neither do I. I, I enjoyed that. It, uh, I'm sure the coaching staff for the Edmonton Oilers didn't enjoy it as much as I did watching it, but it just it keeps your interest... It, the Oilers are good enough to win every game, but the Oilers also tend to make mistakes that allow other teams to hang around in every game, right. which makes for highly entertaining hockey and for fans to have drinking issues. And, and for again, for part of it is the Oilers take too many penalties. Yep. Now, today it was one player that you don't expect <laughs> to do it. But again, the Oilers took the first penalty of the game again tonight. 
Well, didn't yesterday Pugliarvi take a penalty like three minutes into the game? It was a long, long time ago, it seems like. But I thought, well, yeah, that was 46 seconds into yeah, the game. Yeah, so, yeah, that's not good. So the Oilers, what, what, I don't know what we're now, like 18 of 22? They, they did, I think Florida took the first penalty the other night, but it's it's lots. It's like over 75%. Yeah, yeah it's quite a bit over yeah. that, I believe. Yeah, so no, it's, uh, yeah, the, uh, which is boggling that the Oilers take that many pounds because they're not a physical team. It's all Well, no, they take a lot of hooking and holding. And, and stick infractions, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, and you're right. If they don't take those penalties in the last 10 minutes, it may have, it may have ended 4-1. Well, you're right. quiet 4-1 game. They got two power play goals. The, the first power play goal by Domi gave them a little bit of life. Second power play goal by Domi gave everybody in Edmonton a slight heart attack and <laughs> made the excitement level through the roof for the last minute of this hockey game. And Skinner had to come up with a big save with 13 seconds to go to keep this from going into overtime. Uh, by the way, Blackhawks won 61% of the faceoffs tonight. Dreisaitl still went 6 out of 9. Uh, McDavid didn't have a great night. He went 5 out of 14. O'Nuge only went 2 out of 12. So Chicago what had the What was there. Taves in the game? Jonathan Taves uh, was 17 out of 25 for 68%. That's pretty good. Yes, that's and not bad. Hence, a lot of teams will be looking for a Jonathan Taves at the deadline well, if he's available. And we got a message uh, written in here. Did the Oilers go after someone like Kane after the new year with Evander being out for another couple of months? No. Simply, Evander, well, there's a lot of things got to fall into place for them to get Patrick Kane. One, you got to clear $10 million worth of space. Well, you could get, like Bob was saying, you could get Chicago a lot of to retain teams involved. and trade another team something to, to well, retain you're, a quarter. You're giving up an awful lot then because you're paying two teams to keep money away from you before you even throw in the guy. Okay, but you'd be more interested in adding Tate. I'd be more interested in adding, adding Jonathan For the Tate. Oilers. For the Oilers. Uh, Kane's a better hockey player. At this point in the career, Kane's a better hockey player. But the Edmonton Oilers, Kane's not playing on your first power play here. They have the best power play in the league. They're not changing it. And the Oilers really only have one power play. They don't go to a second unit. So you'd be wasting his talent there. Uh, Jonathan Taves is exactly what... The Oilers don't need help scoring goals. The Oilers need help stopping goals. And Jonathan Taves comes in 68% on the faceoff tonight. You put him out against the other team's top line. He plays penalty kill, wins big draws. Uh, to me, that's the kind of player you want. Having said that, again, you have to find $10 million worth of cap space, and that's either you're getting rid of players or you're getting rid of players and you're giving players or draft picks to other teams to pay the, right. the, the contract. It, it's possible, but it would be very, very complicated. Uh, and I would imagine both Caves and Tane, now I don't know because of when they signed the contract, but I'm sure they have, well, they, they have get no to move, decide. They have no move clauses, so they'd have to approve. Where they're going. Where they're going, yes. So, I mean, but the Edmonton Oilers are, I mean, Duncan Keith having been here and he's their buddy and as much fun as he had and is now still part of the organization, mm -hmm. there's a good uh, real estate agent for you right there if he calls up uh, whoever the Oilers might have interest in, but that's still a long ways to go. But I can tell you, watching the game tonight and a couple times, Patrick Kane skating to the bench, he looked like a man that's aged 15 years, just the way this season is going for the Chicago Blackhawks. $500 donation tonight to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They're giving $100 every time the Oilers score. 5-4 win over the Blackhawks. We have Keenan on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Keenan. Go ahead. Hey, it's Mike Keenan. Yes, I met you at uh, West Edmonton Mall. How's it going? It's going good. And you? 
Very well. Don't worry, don't worry Rob. I won't yell at you tonight. Uh, <laughs> but no, um, I was just wondering, uh, how long can we keep I'm thinking about this? Wait a minute. Um, Drysdale and McDavid, I mean, can we roll them on the same line every game? Or essentially, I don't know if, if it's just going to play out in the long run. That's my big worry. Do we got to get depth for bottom two? Second line, I'm, yeah. I th- I think. I mean, I- injuries are playing a factor. I don't have a problem with them playing together. No, nope. it's always an option to the coach. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you use it sometimes? Like I'm wondering, even if. I mean, things would be totally different if McLeod and Fogel were healthy. Um, and Kane was healthy, and Kane Yamamoto. Was healthy. I mean, I'm wondering even if. Um, you know, how the Lions would have looked coming out of that game against the Rangers if, uh, uh, you know, and Holloway had a good game. If maybe you think, okay, we'll put Dry, we'll put Holloway back on Dreisaitl's wing now to start a game. And that, McD- like, who knows? Yeah, I, I, well, we saw in the playoffs last year at times, Connor and Leon played together. And the Oilers Well, did, most of the last two yeah, rounds. And yeah. the Oilers did pretty good with them. So, uh, it to me, I, I don't look at the Lions the way they have them right now because this isn't the Oilers team right now. The others are missing f- four, or well, if you coast, then you—that's five regulars out of the lineup right now. Yeah, they're missing four of their top nine. So they're this right now. They're going with what they feel gives them the best chance of winning, and it's proven right. They've won three in a row since they put Connor and Leon back together. Uh, there will be a time that they will prefer to have them split apart depending on certain teams that they play against. But the others right now, their depth is depleted. So they're going, as they like to call it, they're going nuclear and they're throwing Hyman up there too. They're, they're just saying, That's all right, we're, yeah. we're putting our three best players together. And those are the three best players on the Oilers. And they're, ch- they're challenging other teams to try and stop them. And tonight, Chicago Blackhawks, the only answer they had to them was posts. If it was, Connor hit a post, Leon hit a post, and Hyman hit two posts, right? There's four posts that, I mean, the, the goal, Connor McDavid literally had the entire empty net. There was yeah, nothing. Yeah, I couldn't believe he didn't There was nothing was between. Was oh, you know who else couldn't believe it? Connor McDavid. Yeah, he looked a little <laughs> He's like, after like that one. seriously, I can't believe he missed that one. But they, they, though that line was absolutely dominant tonight. And I would imagine they'll be playing again tomorrow night and seeing big minutes again. All right, 5-4 win for the Oilers in Chicago. We'll get to Jamie on the open line, and you'll hear from Jesse Pugliarvi. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Gets sent around on the right, and it goes right to McDavid. He'll come flying out. He's got speed. Gets right by Johnson. Walks in. Shot. Scores! Connor McDavid went flying past Jack Johnson. Well, a brilliant goal by McDavid a minute 18 into the third. That made it 3-1 Oilers. They go on to win 5-4. I mean... (laughs) Well, that was the one that you and I are sitting here watching it. And Leon made the pass to Connor, and Connor picked it up about 15 feet inside his own blue line. And I just turned to you and said... Uh-oh, this is trouble. He just, with the speed he had, you couldn't see a defenseman for the Chicago Blackhawks in the screen. That meant he had terrible gap. 
and with Connor going full speed, he had no chance. And then it happens to be Jack Johnson, uh, a nice defenseman in the National Hockey League, but he's he's at the, the, the back end of his career, so he doesn't have the legs. And it was an absolute mismatch. And I, I, th I think it was Jack on TV said the only thing he could do is take a penalty. He couldn't even take a penalty. He was beaten that badly that he couldn't take a penalty on the play either because he, he, he whiffed right. as he tried to get Connor. And... Uh, Connor came in with so much speed. The goaltender had to back in and just a perfectly placed shot. That was just... We see it a lot of the times when we're in the press box where you see plays developing and you can see, okay, Connor's got this guy beat. Even before Connor gets the puck, you know it's going to happen. And on that one right there, he just said, Connor picked up speed, got the puck in full stride. There's not, I'm not, I mean, Jack Johnson was the one who was going to be in the picture and they're going to show the videos over and over again. I'm not sure there's a defenseman in the National Hockey League standing still at the red line they're going to be able to stop Connor or even take a penalty right, on yeah. Connor that's how that's how much of a uh, how much speed Connor has at that place that nobody is going to be able to touch him I would say that the rush he made in the first period was quite impressive as well that was the one he stole the puck down low and there were there was a Chicago player on the defensive side of him and mm -hmm. on either side of him and he split them and then rushed in down the right hand side against a couple of defenders and cut in and had a great shot away. And I think that's one of the scrambles that led to a, one of Hyman's chances. Well, that, yeah. well he was one on two, and he actually, it, 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 his east-west ability is so incredible as he's coming down full speed. And then he, as you said, he almost came to a complete stop and then went, took a left turn. And in that left turn, he left the two Blackhawks who were both had a stick on him. He left them behind and went in and got a great opportunity. Yep. And Hyman got a couple chances again. Uh, the, I've played with, uh, with and against certain players that are fast. And I got to skate with Jay Bodmeister early in his career. It was near the end of mine. I remember doing Perry Pern's hockey school or hockey camp and being on the line starting with Jay Bomeister and by the time I got to the blue line he had already made it almost to the far end and that's when the first time I ever saw real speed and it was a, a, an embarrassing mismatch for me I, I would just I would love to be able to go on the ice once just to witness how much faster Connor is than everybody else because what he's doing right now on the ice these are the best in the world. Yeah. It's not like, okay, we're going to bring up some kids from the minors and we're going to have, like, fun day, meet Connor, and we're going to go out there and show you how fast Connor is. He's embarrassing the f players in the National Hockey League, guys that have been around for years. His, his ability to, to carry a puck at full speed without losing uh, a single step. He actually gets faster with the puck. Uh, I would just, I would love to be able to witness that on the ice. I, just to feel the wind go by me as he flies by me on the ice, because there's a lot of defensemen in the National Hockey League right now are feeling that wind as he goes flying by them. All right, Certainty Hotline, we have Jamie standing by. Go ahead, Jamie. Hey guys, uh, just wanted to comment on that. It was really nice to see Pugliarvi and Moose and a couple guys for once. Just uh, not typical setup guys, and that's just kind of nice to see. And uh, yeah, I just thought it was a little sad on that. Like, yeah, really soft involved in the game, and then he's uh, just loose and no pressure on the puck. Like, sorry, I, which, sorry was Jamie, you cut out there for a second. Which player are you talking about? The Ty Daniels. I believe it was a play goal there. Uh, the uh, Domi goals? Domi, 
Ty Domi, when he walked in the just in the zone, he just walked Max in. Max Domi, and, but yes. Oh my God, Ty Domi. Max. It's okay. I've done that too. <laughs> but you're saying the power play? You thought he had too much room on the power play? Oh my God! Like there was just like. Yep, you're 100 percent right on the the first Max Domi goal. It was a nice cross ice pass to him, and then he walked. 15 feet in what what a player does there and when you teach kids okay you get the puck attack the net and as soon as the defender comes out at you you pass to the player that the defender left to come get you and on that one no one came to him and he just walked in and a beautiful shot yeah, that's a tough play to hit. that's a tough spot to hit short side there there's not much room he hit it perfectly but you're right he had all the time in the world and max domi uh he's no no slouch he he scored in the national hockey league he when given that much time he's going to make you pay and twice he had the puck on his stick and he put it in the back of the net when he had time and space all right, Oilers hang on for the 5-4 win. Nurse plays his 500th game, had a very good night, played over 29 minutes. Dreisaitl had three points this evening. And, yeah, Jesse Pugliarvi got an assist on the Nugent Hopkins goal in the second period. Here's the Bison King. Your team sort of uh, kept even keeled to, to come out with the victory. Yeah, it was a little scramble in the end, but uh, we won. That's the really important thing. And, yeah, there was that penalty kill too, but uh, oh, it was close. But we're we happy to get those two points. It seemed like the passing was, was really crisp tonight from your team. One of those delivered by you on uh, the Nugent Hopkins goal. Um, maybe just talk about how you guys were able to, to find each other with the passes pretty well tonight. Yeah, I, I felt good uh, there with Nuts and Yarmark and yeah, makes those little plays and then when we have the chance to shoot then we shoot and yeah, nice couple of goals with those guys. You guys have won three in a row now. How do you describe the feeling in this locker room getting a nice little win streak going here? Yeah, it's really, really good but we had those little rough games and now we have a couple wins and it's all over, all over again tomorrow and get a couple points in Minnesota. It's been a hard little stretch of travel for you guys. And how do you sort of add that into, like, into the... It was just a big win for you guys when you consider the, the travel that you've gone through in the last week or so? Yeah, it's part of the uh, NHL. We have a lot of games and we have to travel. And just be smart and uh, get good recovery and always when the game is... Get, uh, have to be ready to play. All right, that is Jesse Pugliarvi, and as he was telling you, get ready to go in Minnesota right away tomorrow. That's your quick change for Jiffy Lube, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Lube today. Get more on this one on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Oilers Hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producers this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. That game against the Wild, 4.30 face-off show, 6 p.m. for the start of the game right here on 630 Chet. 5-4, the Oilers take a wild one in Chicago. Have a great night.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.